This is Project Inspire, a Haslam interview series created and produced by students in the Haslam College of Business at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and sponsored by Haslam's Office of Student Engagement. In this episode, we are joined by Randy Burleson. Mr. Burleson is the founder and current CEO of Burleson Brands, an East Tennessee restaurant family that started with a locally loved and regionally renowned restaurant, Aubrey's. Since opening his first Aubrey's, Mr. Burleson has grown Burleson Brands to over 20 locations and over 1,300 employees. Despite his company's immense growth, Mr. Burleson continues to strive for constant innovation and makes time to give back to the community. Welcome to the 15th episode of Project Inspire. My name is Veda, and today I have with me Mr. Randy Burleson. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you very much. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for the opportunity to ask you some questions to interview you today, so if you're okay with that, I'm going to go ahead and get started with questions about your college years. I'm excited also. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good. So, can you tell me a little bit about your time here in undergraduate and MBA, and what were some of the most influential moments during these years? Um, undergraduate was the most fun. Back in the day, the university was on the quarter system, so we got to change classes four times a year instead of y'all doing three. It was also one of those that you could slip through the system by going undeclared. So as most people come in and they know exactly what they want to do, I did not know exactly what I wanted to do. You only needed like 120 quarter hours to graduate if you went through real fast. Um, I had 188. No. Excuse me. You needed 180 quarter hours, which is 120 semester hours. Gotcha. I had 188 before I declared. So uh, I had a well-rounded undergraduate. Uh, ended up coming for the first semester, but uh, undergraduate was the best of times. I loved school, did great in school, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I ended up with a double major, economics, political science, and a business minor. Okay, very cool. So going on to the MBA then, what, how did those experiences in undergrad kind of translate over? Well, because I probably took too many classes as an <laughs> undergrad. I was not the best MBA student. I graduated in December of 88. I would have entered the MBA program. I went to them in August of 90 and would have entered the program in 90. I was not the classic MBA student. I came out of the liberal arts school. So therefore, I was probably more of a, um, uh, you know, uh, obviously not knowing exactly what I wanted to do, but business was always, I I was raised in a business school environment. So I knew I needed to go back to school and get some discipline back under my belt. Gotcha. So you said you didn't really know what you wanted to do during that time, but was there a defining moment when you realized that entrepreneurship or the restaurant business was for you? If so, when was that? Well, entrepreneurship, this is a personal opinion, I think is a personality trait. Maybe it's a little genetic. I think uh, you have it. Some people are more uh, entrepreneurial. Some other people are great operators. Uh, I remember being in the MBA program, you had to get an internship. So I ended up, I was working in the restaurants in Knoxville, chasing my girlfriend. Uh, I uh, had to get an internship. I got an internship with the Regas family, particularly Grady Regas of Grady's Good Times. That was the best restaurant at the time. Mm-hmm. They had just gotten bought to uh, bought by Chili's at the time, now known as Brinker International. So I got to intern with Grady during the summer times, mm-hmm. uh, during a very moment of change for them. 
so I, uh, you know, I would have probably been happy just following that and going into a management there. But one day I was driving down the street and I should have been interviewing more, but I was driving down the street and I was thinking, and this was after the 1988 stock market failure. I was like, you know, restaurant business is quite honest. If they like you, they're going to come back a whole lot. Mm -hmm. If they don't like you, it's going to cost them maybe 20 bucks. And I was like, and if they complain, then we'll buy the 20 bucks. They don't even cost you anything. And yeah. I was like, it's a very honest business where some of my friends were getting into, uh, there were more finance people and stock, you know, became brokers and things like that. And the meaningful relationships of the restaurant business meant a lot to me. But I was driving down Kingston Pike one day and I was near Pellissippi and Kingston Pike. And I looked at that Calhoun's and went, you know, that is a honest business. I need to follow this lead. And I sort of, went with it from there yeah made me a worse MBA student but you know I was sitting <laughs> you know worried about the good times you know the culture of a business not necessarily the things I needed to know yeah, absolutely I, well I think that unique background definitely gives you a unique skill set going into that yeah. industry and coming out of the MBA program so having that variety well Grady Regas was the mentor to get me in the restaurant business but once we started Aubrey's in February of 92, it was a struggle. We didn't have any money. We had no management experience. But, you know, what came back to me were the things that it was eight to nine months later. And I remember that day, the sun was shining. And I remember that uh, everything I learned in the MBA program, I needed to apply it to the restaurant. And that's when we finally, you know, things got easier. We became profitable. We got rid of the extremes uh, where we had error. Figured out who we were, what we were best at, got rid of the quiche on the menu, got rid of the pizza <laughs> on the menu, uh, got really good at chicken fingers. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, if I'd listened to my MBA program sooner, we probably would have been a whole lot easier. But that first year was a nightmare. But the MBA program deserves as much credit as anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I think learning the hard way is a little bit more beneficial in the long run, even though it might be a little bit easier to take those past experiences. Stubborn is what it's called. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that works too. So you just mentioned that it was not easy at first. So obviously you had that journey of going through that extreme hardship of getting a restaurant started. I know that's not a fast process. And then also some highlights, you know, entrepreneurship and the restaurant business. What advice do you have for some of our students who are interested in overcoming large challenges that are going to come with entrepreneurship, maybe not necessarily the restaurant business? Well, I think entrepreneurship means a little bit more than getting a job, but, you know, working. There's also that investor out there who puts money into a new mm -hmm. A startup, an entrepreneur, in my opinion, is one of those who's so dedicated they will drop everything to make it happen. That maybe that's the personality trait of it. They're that obsessed. Um, you know, uh, I've been very blessed. I've not always been successful. We've had restaurants that have not done well. Uh, we cover that up, but you know, it is uh, you learn from it and you keep plugging away. So you know, it creates a challenge. You know, you're so determined to make it work. At the same time, you give up. A lot of things for that that's I, I would say you have to look at what you're going to give up yeah absolutely so you just touched a little bit on success in your opinion what makes a restaurant successful and how do you measure that success in your restaurants well obviously it's hot food hot cold food cold <laughs> get the money to the bank keep the restrooms clean um, you know restaurants the way they used to be it was a relationship you would go back to the restaurant because you knew the server staff you knew the managers you enjoyed everything about it it was really that culture that community relationship you saw the same people you know maybe that's changed a little bit more covid changed that where people start getting food to go but you know restaurants that are really great 
offer that social experience, and that means it takes time on part of somebody to be there. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So you've mentioned before that Aubrey's was your first kind of foray right. into the restaurant business. What was your inspiration behind Aubrey's? Um, again, Grady Regas was the uh, mentor. So Grady's Good Times was the service level and the culture that we wanted to provide. Uh, that was a very, very nice restaurant. We didn't have that kind of money. Uh, Litton's Restaurant out in North Knoxville is a burger place. Mm -hmm. And you sit there and you go, you know, that kind of comfort level in a place that didn't have a restaurant known as Farragut, and then with the standards and the better food that I felt like we could provide from what we had learned at Grady's was a great combination for success, and we have followed that. So really, you know, <clears throat> blame those guys for, you know, <laughs> for being good at what they did. We liked it. So, you know, and Aubrey's is unique in its own way, but, you know, people provided the... Uh, the inspiration, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So you started with just Aubrey's. Right. Now Burleson Brands has grown to about 20 restaurants. Right. What have been the key factors in that growth for your business? Um, my original accountant said, just do the one restaurant, don't grow, make the money, pay everything off, and enjoy life. Uh, that was not my personality. It was sort of we knew that we wanted to grow. So we did Aubrey's number two, which was at Emory Road out in Powell or Halls. Uh, then we got creative. We didn't have the money, so we Sunspot Restaurant was on campus. It was very popular amongst the people who worked. With, you know, we worked with daily our server staff in particular. Uh, that was a challenge because it sort of intimidated me. The food was a little different, but we went to the bankruptcy court, not having any money, and said, "Hey, we'll buy it, but if the bankruptcy court will finance it uh, and don't make me go to the bank, we'll uh, we'll buy this restaurant." A little creative thinking made it work. Bankruptcy court said yes, and I paid for it over the next few years. Yeah. So it worked out great. Absolutely. Those are unique opportunities of growth, I think, are sometimes the best ones. So they're kind of unsuspecting corners that yes. you take. And so way. Sunspot's very special to us. Um, some girl at a restaurant heard that Aubrey's was involved in Sunspot. She's like, he'll run it. And I'm like, well, I've owned it since 1998. I mean, we're 25 years in now. <laughs> so. No, that's really funny. So, obviously, Sunspot's very different from Aubrey's. But what we would don't you... tell everybody that it's a part of Aubrey's. We sort of hide it. Let Sunspot be Sunspot. No, it yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like the umbrella, but letting yes. them have their unique face. Yes. So, obviously, with the individualistic nature of different restaurants, they're going to be different. But what would you say the overall mission of Burleson Brands is? Like every person who walks into one of your restaurants, what do you want them leaving thinking about your brand? Well, um, I think the greatest compliment that you can get in a restaurant is consistency. Obviously, you want hot food hot, cold food cold. Yeah. Uh, bathroom's extremely clean. Uh, there's another restaurant chain in town. No matter when you eat there, there's going to be four or five dirty tables around you. I don't want that. Yeah. Or, you know, you should go into a dining room that is... Uh, kept and clean and the staff is engaged. I'm not a big person on the manager sitting in the office uh, working on the computer. I want our staff management and servers, everybody involved and uh, want everybody out front making a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So you just touched on it a little bit, but obviously I've heard before that you have kind of an unusual approach to leadership and management. Like I've heard before that you like to pie your employees on their last day and things like that. So we like to do what to employees on I heard that you like to pie your employees. I got in trouble for that one time. <laughs> no. uh, yes, a young server was leaving us and we had our 
coffee filters filled with whipped cream and me and another kitchen guy went after her <laughs> and she was in the middle of the dining room and we had her and I went to throw first. She ducked and my my cream went right on a uh, couple on their first date and I creamed them big time. We don't do that anymore. Okay. I still feel guilty as everything about that. But we were playing. We were, I was 25. We were playing and I, gosh, it's so embarrassing now. <laughs> Well, I do appreciate you sharing that. And yes. I think it's a prime example of just unusual leadership. But what do you seek to bring to the Burleson brands by having a unique approach to leadership and management? Aside we from we, we only go through them. life once, and I don't remember everybody's names, but you hope that they have a great experience working with us, and it's fun, and they make good money, yeah. and that they don't leave going, uh, I'll never eat there again or something like that. It, yeah. It's one of those, you know, if... Um, we have had people come back and say, you know, that was some of the most fun. You know, I needed a life career job instead of working in, but it was the most fun. Also had other people say, you know, they, they value the quality of uh, what we did and the hard work we put in. They realize that. So that's what you want to have happen. Obviously, not everybody leaves happy. So, you yeah, know, those are the heartbreakers. Yeah, absolutely. You can't win them all, but it's Correct. best if you try to. We try. Yeah. <laughs> so changing gears a little bit more so to like time management. In a previous interview, you made the comment that it's becoming increasingly more difficult to come up with new restaurant concepts. So how do you go about innovating and coming up with new ideas as you're trying to continue to grow the brand? Um, at some point, you have to quit creating new brands. You got to, um, they take up so much time. You know, when you change a menu for Aubrey's restaurants, and there's 14 Aubrey's now, you change everything for 14 restaurants. Efficient day of work. When you go to Sunspot, you got a different wine list, you got a different beer list, you got different menus, and it takes a whole lot of time. So you put a lot of time in it, and you're only affecting one restaurant. Yeah. So at some point in time, I think, uh, you know, it helps that the bank really likes the Aubrey's restaurant brand, and, uh, you know, uh, they don't have problems helping us grow that brand. But at some point in time, you, you got to, and we're not doing it. We're, we're still working on something unique and different right now. But you got to slow down on that and grow the primary brand. At the same time, you got to start paying, you know, restaurants off so that, you know, you're, you're not worried about debt all the time. Yeah, so, no, absolutely. So you've said before that you like to eat out pretty much every night. Every night. We eat, my wife and I and daughter eat out every night. Yeah, no, I think that's fun. Definitely a different lifestyle compared to most people. But um, it, Part of it is, is life's busy and it, it's just easier. Yeah. And it's just, you know, that's why we, we grew up that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I've heard before that most of the time when you go out, it's not necessarily at one of your restaurants. Oh, it's almost, except for one day a week, it's somebody else's restaurant. So can you tell me about a time when you went out to another restaurant owned by somebody else and you saw something there that you really liked and incorporated it into your own business model? Oh, that happens every day of the week. You see something <laughs> going on. Maybe it's a plate. You know, yeah. you're like, that dish is that what we're using. Um, I used to work, I can say it when I, Grady's Good Times, went out with managers, they were always like beating the other restaurant down. We're better at this. We're better at that. We're better at this. My theory is, is that every restaurant is good at something such that they succeed and that makes them better. And what's their differentiating uh, quality about them? And that's my goal is to figure out what makes them better than me. And uh, I'm not beating them down with an ego thing saying I'm great. I want to know what makes them great. So, uh, 
there's been so many of those, it's not even funny. The tuna sandwich at Aubrey's that was found at, you know, at uh, Outer Banks in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, there's things that have been brought back. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. I like that constant approach to innovation and change yes. and embracing that. So, obviously, one common thread amongst different restaurants, even though they're all unique in their own way, is that the restaurant industry, it's extremely time-consuming. Yes. It almost feels like there's not enough time in the day. There's not. So, how do you go about prioritizing your time, and how do you go about choosing where you spend your time each day within your restaurants? I'm going to go back to that determination to make it work. Um, I was single until I was 44 years old. Uh, you sit there and go, I should have gotten married when I, you know, in my 30s. Uh, many great relationships, it was my fault that they didn't work out. You know, uh, the business was first and that was, you know, you look back on it and go, you know, was that the right decision? Uh, my wife was a hostess at the original Aubrey's and, you know, she graduated UT and moved to Los Angeles and then she went to New York and then she went to Nashville. You know, we always kept in touch, but you know, I didn't get married till I was 44. So the working from day in to, and it gets old, waking up and going straight to work and staying at work till too late. Um, you make priorities, you know, now that I'm over 50, uh, you know, family matters that much more. And I, you know, finally had to tell them I have to leave at a certain time. I'm going to have dinner with my family every night. Right. But the compromise is, is I'm going to work every day of the week from, yeah. you know, 9 o'clock till, you know, 5, 30, 6 o'clock. I'm going to put my hours in. I'm still working more hours than most of them. But, you know, it's just a different lifestyle. Uh, that conflict's still there. Uh, it's every day of the week. Uh, my daughter, she is 8 years old. And when she says, oh, daddy, please stay home, it crushes me. But, yeah. you know. It's one of those things. Uh, I don't think you can ever solve the conflict of time between work and personal life. It's uh, You really have to find a significant other, a spouse that understands what it is that yeah. you do and, uh, you know, make it better for everybody. Definitely. It's like a mutual appreciation and understanding. Because... I don't know if it's appreciation. She doesn't <laughs> appreciate me working so much. Yeah. But, you know, it's an understanding. Yeah, absolutely. So shifting gears a little bit more towards like philanthropy. And so I grew up in Oak Ridge, so we have that Aubrey's yes. really close. And I was on the rowing team. January and, 2012, we opened that one up. Yeah. And so every year on the with the rowing team, Aubrey's would allow us to host a pancake breakfast there. Yes. And they would basically eat all the costs for us and let, host, let us host it for free. And yes. we got $1,000, $2,000 every year. And that was money was huge for letting us to continue our program and it brought in so much for us and you've been known to do other types of things like that with other Aubrey's and other locations so yes. what's the motivation for you to give back and why is it so important um well it's unfortunate that the high school system can't support girls cheerleading or yeah. girls soccer or the band um they those organizations need to raise money i know they're extracurricular but you know they need to raise money Aubrey's restaurant at Paper Mill is a perfect example. We built a restaurant off the main drag. It's in, in the backyard of two office buildings. And I was, people thought I was crazy. Um, that restaurant started out very, very slow. There's two parts to this answer. The first of it is, is that the pancake breakfast, we started doing them with West High School for the cheerleaders and the girls soccer team in particular. They forced the parents to bring them to the restaurant. They forced the parents to spend a little extra time, use the Google, and find out where the restaurant is. They came to the restaurant. They paid their five bucks to whatever organization that was raising money. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, 
we provided a clean environment. The managers were engaging. The servers, you know, it, it, it was fun. And the parents said, A, th thank you for doing this. It raised a lot of money for my kids' organization. Yeah. B, I didn't know this restaurant was here. <laughs> C, we'll be back this week. Yeah. Because everybody was looking for something different at the time. Uh, that is great. Um, it's also one of those that Aubrey's Paper Mill proves that poverty is a good thing. I didn't have enough money to go buy a site on Kingston Pike, which would have been millions of dollars. And we got two acres, uh, you know, for a lot less money in Bearden. And, you know, before then, we were a West Knoxville restaurant or we were a North Knoxville restaurant. But once we got to Bearden, we became a Knoxville restaurant. So you have to go back to the pancake breakfast or giving dinner for teas to an organization so they can raffle them off for a silent auction or something like that. The giving is what forces people to come into the restaurants. And that Aubrey's Paper Mill is that restaurant for us. Yeah. And it proved it. And so therefore we do it everywhere. Yeah, that's really cool. And we appreciate it a lot, everyone that you've touched with that, because well, it really we, goes a long way. You gotta give back. We just don't write checks all the time. We get dinner for twos. <laughs> of course, you, to take advantage of it, you're gonna have to come see us. Exactly, yeah. So it, it's a win-win for everybody. Absolutely. So I want to transition to a couple of fun questions before we hit okay. the end and wrap up. But just out of curiosity, what restaurant do you find yourself eating at the most? Uh, in Knoxville or at Aubrey's? In Knoxville. In Knoxville. You're not going to believe this. My wife loves Thai food or Laotian food. So okay. sticky rice. Uh, Montview Center right there, Jim Dance Road, right just past the mall. We are there every Tuesday night at 645. That's my <laughs> wife's one standing place that we go to every week. We do eat at Aubrey's most, most of the time, Sunday nights, because we play trivia. Every now and then there's something going on. But yeah. if she's going to skip a night, it's, it's, she'll skip Aubrey's. We're going to Sticky Rice. So that's where we go. That's awesome. And uh, everything there is great. It really is. And Con, she, uh, I've known her for years. Um, I'm not going to say you're going to have a peaceful, quiet night. They get, they start talking too loud sometimes, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Sticky rice. Awesome. And then what's your favorite order from one of your restaurants this time? If I'm ordering for myself, I'm going to get a filet because that is the celebratory meal there should be. Uh, obviously, can't eat that much red meat anymore. I like everything on the menu. I really do. Um, you know, even if it's Asian chicken salad, I love it. So, you know, it's good. Absolutely. I'm not allowed to eat red meat all the time. <laughs> it's okay. It's a treat. It's a treat, yes. It should be celebratory, yes. Very cool. So now we're going to wrap things up with what we call the Haslam series questions, which yes. are four questions that we ask everyone. So first of that is, what's something that you know now that you wish you knew when you were 20? Someone I know now that I wish I knew when I was... Or something you know now. Oh, something that I know now. Um, really, COVID changed a whole lot. Uh, I think... Uh, it made us better, but at the same time, it makes you realize that never would have gotten in the restaurant business if we knew it, we'd gotten to the point where there's no employees. It, it, it's one of those, it's hard to run a full-service organization. And it's not just us, it's everybody in the whole world. Just, yeah. uh, you know, the, the world has changed because of the lack of, you know, like people working. Yeah, absolutely, in every industry. Every industry. Yeah, but especially the restaurant industry where service is such a critical part of it. Yes. But so the next question is, what's a resource such as like a book, article, or even a habit that you found to be particularly useful? There was a book written by Danny Meyer. It's called Setting the Table. It's about his journey through the restaurant business, mm -hmm. restaurant industry. Uh, it was quite enjoyable to see how his 
rise was much like ours. Now, he's in New York City, and he's making a lot more money, and he's got all those things. <laughs> but, you know, the past, they had a lot of similarities, and it was the commitment to excellence, quality, that really inspired at the time. That, you know, that was a good, that's the book. If I had to give it to another person getting in the restaurant business, read that book. Absolutely. So you just touched on inspiration, and it's been kind of a common thread throughout. But what inspires you? Um, let's change that. What, what wakes you up in the morning? There we go. Answer right. that one. <laughs> this, is not a, this is not an inspiring thing. What wakes me up at my age in the morning? There is, obviously, i got to take my daughter to school. And that's the good part of the morning, I guess. Um, there's always debt. And, you know, to get to the point in life where you don't have debt is, you know, I can see the end of the tunnel. Debt wakes you up in the morning. But um, as of right now, we are trying to make our restaurants better. We don't have a, you know, uh, we've slowed down on building new restaurants because we don't know that the employees are out there. But we are making our restaurants better vertically. Uh, We bought the local bread company here in town. Uh, That has been a good uh, venture and is growing. Uh, We're working on our catering business has been wonderful. those are fun things to do, but you know, if my insp- you know, what I really want to do in life is be able to say thank you and take care of the people that have worked with us. There's, you know, that five, 10, 15 people they've worked so hard and they, you know, they've not changed jobs and they've been with us for 20 plus years. You know, the day I retire, I hope they're in a position that we can make it that they get to retire also. So that's really inspires me to wake up in the morning is to do to give back to those guys. Yeah, guys being, you know, Brina McCormick, who's like a sister to me. You know, male and female. Yeah. I just say guys, but you know, it's it's wonderful the people that work for Aubrey's. Yeah, absolutely. So for the final question, what's next? Um, we continue to uh, look down those paths that we can make our product better uh, we will probably you know we've bought one site in south of Nashville we're looking for a second we might do Nashville we might just decide it's you know not the time to do that but what's next uh, wake up again tomorrow and do it uh, there is a problem with restaurant business there's not a good harvest plan out there that everybody does um, I don't think we're at that point yet so to, what's next is the excitement of tomorrow is what I have to say but we keep going for it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, new pizza restaurant? Yeah, sure. We're talking about it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for it. But that was all I had for you today. So that concludes our 15th episode of Project Inspire. Mr. Burleson, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. It was, it was fun, that's for sure. Good. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in to Project Inspire today. If you liked our episode, we'd love it if you would consider giving us a five-star rating, leaving a review, or following Project Inspire. We're available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. While you're here, go ahead and give some of our other episodes a listen.